Welcome on back to Points and Doinks. It's 2021 season. We're heading into week two here. Travis, as always, Cheese, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Travis. How'd you do this? How'd you do this week in fantasy? Oh, I did lovely in the CTE league out here posting the second highest total of the week. And then for my troubles, I get to face the person who scored number one this week. So should be fun. Always fun. Always fun. And Tyler here, like always, Ty, how'd you do this week? Uh, went a nice one and one did pretty well in, in said CTE league. And then uh, in the now, now change name. This is the end zone league. Um, Gracias. Or, uh, sorry. What am I saying? Thank you too. Are you saying thank you because you were the one who came up with the name? Yeah, I'm just trying to applaud myself for coming up with a creative, fun name. I figured as much. Um, yeah, that one I, I fell a little short to the highest scoring person in the league. So don't feel too bad about it. But I really wanted that win, that week one win. Yeah, uh, me as well. I was going to um, – it's going to be a weird episode because I'm about to tell you how I lost both of my first week one games. And then I'm going to give you a bunch of opinions on what you what I think is going to happen this week. So take that with a grain of salt, as you will. But uh, what we're going to do, because last year we did waiver wire pickups. So I'm just going to let everybody know off the top. Because these are coming out late on Saturday. Oh, sorry, excuse me. On Tuesday, oh. usually. Um, anybody who watches or, li- sorry, doesn't watch, but listens to this. Um will probably be late for said waiver wire. So we're not going to do waiver wires this week, but we do have another reoccurring segment. Johnny Roker, are you there, buddy? What's up? What's up, guys? It's time for that time. It's it's time for that time of the week. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, notes for the commissioner, Johnny Roca. Uh, your question this week that I proposed to you was, what bonus points, um, for example, like, what did I give you? Plus plus five points if a quarterback throws over 300 or plus eight if a touchdown's over 50 yards. What kind of bonus points like that is your favorite to add into leagues? Okay, well, me personally, I'm not the hugest fan of adding bonus points for yards and things like that. Um, personally, I think it takes away from the integrity of the point system in the game. Um, I think let's just say, for example, you've won your fantasy matchup by two points. It's the end of the Monday night game. Whew, I won by two points. Everything's good. Then boom, that three point bonus gets added on after the fact because the opposing team's quarterback, you know, hit that 300, 400 yard mark. Um, you just lost now because of the opposing quarterback. So it's like I'm not a big fan of it, but if I had to patronize the question and had to pick uh, some sort of a bonus for something. I like doing an extra two to three points for a 40 to 50 yard passing touchdown as it happens. Um, that's that's what I like to do because it's happening then and there. You know, if, if you have somebody throwing, uh, you know, a 50 yard touchdown, I mean, you get the points then and there, you get the bonus. I mean, there it is set in stone. You don't have to worry about is it going to be added on or adjusted at the end of the game. Um, but that's that's pretty much where I stand on it. I like that, too, because it's almost comparable to um, a field goal kick. Uh, traditionally, they are three points each. But if you get that 40 yard or four points in most leagues and then if it's a 50 yard, it's five. Um, that, I, I like it for touchdowns. And like I said, maybe two or three points, maybe for a 40 or 50 yard or plus touchdown. 
You know, that's very interesting because I've never even thought about how that gets added up. Like you explained for uh, game totals that the score won't reflect until after the game is final in case he throws yeah. for more yards or whatever that may be. So having it be on a touchdown or on a single score, it gets added in right then. That's a um, interesting wrinkle to that. I didn't think of it all. So I guess we do the segment for a reason, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and again, I mean, I hate comparing fantasy to real life football, but in football, that's like, oh, we just won our game, but oh, let's go ahead and give the opposing team an extra three points because their quarterback, you know, hit 400 yards today. Then you lose the game. You know, I don't know. It's just something weird about it. But that's where I stand. Awesome. Awesome. And do you have any uh, stardom and sit for us this week? I got a couple of stardom and sit We'll start with my starters. Starters. Uh, everyone who owns Aaron Rodgers this week, have no fear. Have confidence. Go ahead and start him this week. Lightning will not strike twice. Um, Debo Samuel um is definitely a starter um he got targeted 12 uh, i think it was 12 times 189 yards um and he's gonna do okay over there even on the road in philly so uh those would be my two stardoms as far as my sit-ems go um sorry i don't want to take away from the buzz of the raiders big monday night game but i say do not start josh jacobs he's still dealing with that injury uh Kenyon drake i believe will get more of the yardage points uh josh jacobs could see some red zone opportunities but of course that's if they get there which takes me now to the do not start quarterback Derek carr hold off on him i still do not trust him i know he's doing all these late game heroics and you know statistically he looks okay on paper but I just, I just have, a, I don't know. I can't, I don't, I wouldn't be confident about him. So if you have him, definitely maybe let him sit on the bench a couple more times until we start seeing some pattern or consistency. Um, it's going to be a grueling trip over to Pittsburgh. So that's, that's my stardom and my sit You guys got any questions for J-Ro? Uh, Mr. Roca, how did it feel wiping the floor with Travis's team this week? That felt great. I thought I was only going to beat him by a few points, but Darren Waller, the baller, came through and just smashed him. So, yeah, thank you for asking, man. Of oh, course. by the way, Gerald, the commissioner, 4 0 on all four of my Oh, that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's nice. It's luck, but I'll take it. Cheese, you got any questions for him? No, I think Johnny Roca did fantastic. Travis, how did you do in your leagues? I think uh, you got to get a top. Oh, and two. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I do want to uh, say, cheese. I, I miss playing in the same league as him because I remember last year I lost him in week one, and you guys had me sing uh, the wet ass pussy song. You guys got to do something amongst yourselves. Please do that. Yeah, almost problem is that. problem is the rest of the fucking league bunch of bitches. Everything's dumb. Yeah, Tyler's got to so. get a tattoo. <laughs> hey, we don't talk about that. <laughs> hey, that's another before. podcast, right? No past transgressions. That word was hard to get out. All right, J-Ro, well, thank you for joining us, man. That was a great insight. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you again for having me. We'll see you guys next week. See you on that Fantasy Gridiron. Later, bud. Later. All right, Cheese. Well, before we get into the uh, weekly breakdown, which Tyler's going to helm this week, uh, you have the injury list. So let's run through the notables um, that occurred in week one. All right. I don't know if you want to just cut me off if you have anything to say, but we have Michael Gallup with an ankle. He's been placed on IR. CD Lamb and Amari Cooper absolutely balled out Thursday night. Uh, do you see anybody taking that third spot, or is it just more of those two guys getting more of the reps? I would think uh, just more of those two guys. I think they, I think they work a little more tight end usage in, if anything. Do they still have Tavon Austin over there? No. What is this, 2010? 
<laughs> Am I way off? <laughs> I mean, I don't even think Tavon Austin is still playing in the league, honestly. <laughs> I don't know why that name came to my head. I may be thinking of somebody else. No, Tavon Austin used to play. Yeah, I just yeah, don't, I know. I just I, assume I may, he's not there anymore. <laughs> I may be confusing him for another Dallas receiver. But, yeah, I just think more of them. All right, we got Ryan Fitzpatrick going down with the hip injury. He's going to miss six to eight weeks. Uh, Evan Ingram has a calf. He did not participate in practice Monday, so short week. Don't know what he will be on. Uh, let's see, scrolling through some more stuff. Uh, uh, come on. We don't want to talk about Zach Martin being activated off the COVID list. We don't care about all that stuff. we got Rashad Penny, uh, backup running back for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. He's expected to miss week two with a calf injury. Uh, big news, probably the biggest news here, Raheem Mostert. He goes down with the knee injury. Originally, he was only supposed to be missing until week eight, but he elected to get knee surgery, so he will be gone for the rest of the season. Awesome, awesome. So uh, keep an eye on the night. I mean, we, it, the, you know what's great, um, speaking of Raheem Mostert and the Niner stuff, is, is having basically already done this uh, fucking merry-go-round last year, you should be able to just rem- take yourself back in time and remember what you did last year when this was going on and try and replicate. Unless you were like starting the second string who wasn't getting shit because that week it was going to the third string or so on and so, so forth. That's that's kind of the problem we find ourselves in here because they got rid of pretty much everybody they had last year back there. They bring back Jamichael yeah. Hasty. Eli Mitchell was the one who surprisingly had what 16 carries with 108 yards or something like that. And then they have their their guy Trey Sermon that they just drafted this, this past uh, draft. So I have no idea. Uh, I know Eli Mitchell is kind of the big waiver wire ad, but I don't know if that was just victim of circumstance in week one, if they're going to try and look to more Trey Sermon next week, it's, it's, I, I, I'm not touching it. So yeah, I think yeah, Elijah sure. Mitchell is definitely like, if, you know, you need to get someone it's still week one. We're, we're going to sit here and say, don't over panic. You know, don't drop everyone who didn't do anything for you week one. But I think he's definitely the guy to pick up week one. Trey Sermon, I was the one who just kept, you know, banging the drum for him. Unfortunately, he wasn't even activated for week one. But going into week two, he should be activated. He should be playing. I don't know exactly what his usage, usage will be. But I think if you, if you listen to me and you have Trey Sermon, I say still hold on to him. And Jeff Wilson Jr., he's off. He's going to be coming back eventually. Tyler said to Michael Hasty, he's going to get uh, some run as well. So the 49ers' backfield is just kind of a cluster at the moment. I still think Mitchell's the top guy, but in total, it's going to be a committee. Yeah, the great thing here is that we're not running into bye weeks yet. So not really, you know, uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel. But I think you made a good point, and that point was like, do not overreact and drop. That's one of the to- notes I wanted to make before we got into the whole breakdown of this coming week. Just because somebody had a poor week or somebody had a really good week, uh, don't just completely blow up your your bench or whatever for guys that maybe you drafted and trust a little more because of previous um, seasons and, and uh, the fact that they've done it. For somebody who had a great week one who – you know, maybe doesn't have the track record to show that they can keep that up. Yeah, so some other minor injury news. We got Antonio Gibson. He's upgraded to full participant with a uh, shoulder injury on Tuesday. Saquon Barkley still limited with his knee injury going into Thursday. Jerry Judy 
with an ankle injury placed on injured reserve. Okay, that's good uh, note to know about Saquon Barkley. One person I wanted to add that we did not talk about, uh, Ryan Fitzmagic. I brought him up. No one said anything. Yeah, he said, "Oh, he I didn't said, hear. I I must have, you know." He mentioned Fitzmagic right, right past me. Okay, well, I just uh, if I'm going to say anything about Fitzmagic, it's uh, we saw how that affected um, Scary Terry last year, having Tyler Henneke or and Dwayne Haskins and garbage QBs. Uh, so I'd look to see that same kind of result out of out of those uh, Washington wide receivers. I was wearing a fucking shirt on Sunday too. I felt like I did it to him. I think you might have. I was wearing the Fitz Magic shirt. I was feeling good. And just out in the first quarter, I'm like, I did this to him. This so is my did, fault. So you decided to wear a Tyler shirt today so that you could so that I would get injured. I that's right. That's is. right. This fresh Tyler shirt going on sale at the Trap Door to Hell store that we don't have yet. This would be a shirt I think that would sell out. Probably. It would be be very weird to have people just walk around with a shirt with my face on it, but that's for another podcast. It's not weird when I already do it. It's very weird. Okay. All right, cool. Well, we can just uh, get into it then, Ty. You're going to helm this for this week? Yes, I will. And we'll start with the Thursday night matchup. The Giants going into Washington to face uh, to take on the football team. Uh, We'll start with Travis on this one. Travis, what are we looking at? All right, well, what I was going to say is that I think Washington's defense is going to create a bunch of turnovers this week, especially against the Giants, who can't seem to get the offense going, especially with Saquon Barkley um, not full health. So I think uh, Washington's defense is a great start over there, and I'm not really sure what the offense is going to be like with Heineke. I tried to look up stats of, like, what happened at you know exactly after um, uh, Fifth Magic left the game, and then I I just thought about now going back to last year and looking up the stats. I didn't pull those, but I would um I would expect Washington to kind of control time of possession. So maybe Antonio Gibson being full this week uh, gets um gets a lot of work and scores a lot of points for you. A uh, possible RB two, but definitely a flex option. Yeah, and so with uh, Saquon, he was he was I don't say like limited. He still played. He got his touches in. He didn't do too too much. I mean, he got I think like maybe three four points in total. But I was you know I kept saying I'm not buying Saquon this year, especially early on going up against that Washington defense. Maybe I'll throw it back to you guys. You know how down I am on him. Do you maybe it all depends on exactly what you have. But do you try to look elsewhere and maybe sit Saquon or like let's say if you get Mitchell off the waiver wire, or you're able to pick up uh, Tyson uh, Williams from the Ravens. You're able to get someone like that. Would you replace him starting for? I would not go. I would not go anywhere. Unfortunately, ADP is too high, and basically you're going to be banking on him to perform, Uh, unless something drastic happens to him injury wise. He's going to be on your team, and you just have to learn to play him smartly. If you're going into a week where you're the, the majority of your roster has like a low floor, high ceiling, then he's a steady hand in there because you're you're assuming he's going to be right in this range until he busts out. You know, if you need if you need a guy maybe in a flex position and you have a guy who's got a super high ceiling opposed to him and you need that to project to beat your opponent, 
I would say start the other guy and let um, let him sit on your bench. Ty, do you have any opinions on that? No, I think you kind of kind of took everything I was gonna say. So sorry, I this is my fault. No, you're good, man. You're good. At least the analysis is getting out there. That's what we like to hear. That's right. 0-2, week one. So, Amen. Uh, we go <laughs> to the Sunday slate of games. Started off in New York with the Jets taking on the Patriots. Cheese, take this one away, pal. Corey Davis, an absolute stud over there in New York. Probably the only reliable starter you will have with the Jets. Now going up against uh, the Patriots. You know, they're, they're a decent enough defense, but I think Corey Davis is going to work himself into with enough target share, enough, you know, catches and receptions and well, catches are receptions, you idiot. But I think Corey Davis is definitely a guy that if you were able to kind of get him, you know, lower, he's definitely going to be one of those guys that climb up your ranks. And I think should be started, obviously, depending on what else you have. Yeah, for sure. Um, I agree with that. He He's turning out. I mean, I've drafted him in years past, and he's a good guy, and it's nice to see Zach Wilson over there. Zach Wilson and Mac Jones both last week um, had pretty good, pretty decently enough fantasy. I don't see this week being any better. I do see a trend will, where they may get there if they start eliminating these uh, these rookie mistakes, but this is not the week. Um, I think I think New England's defense is spectacular, we forget that last year when they were poor, they had a bunch of guys um, that opted out of the season. They're back now. They looked great last week. I think they're going to look even better this week. With Zach Wilson making some of these rookie mistakes that we've seen week one from him, I don't think it's going to fix in week two. I think the New England defense is going to do great. And I like Nick Folk because it seems like Mac can drive pretty well in open field. In the red zone, maybe having issue when the defense is squished. So I expect more field goals from New England. And there are some some key turnovers with the uh, Patriots last week that should have converted into points, whether it be an extra point or a field goal. So definitely yes. the Patriots less some points on the board there. Yes. I, I absolutely love to hear analysis for a kicker. That was great. Instead of just throwing a kicker out there, there was actual thought. You like that? There was actual thought <laughs> process behind starting a kicker. That's great. Dude, <laughs> I took a lot of fucking notes. Um, all right. Well, get ready, did. Share, get ready to share some notes because you're up next with this Broncos at Jacksonville. Oh, who do I want to talk about here? All right, let's uh, let's start with Denver because I bashed Denver. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater played his ass off last week. I think uh, as of now, he should be a start. He went out there. He wasn't just being safe, Teddy. He was slinging a ball around. Tim Patrick, wide receiver for Denver, should be an optional pickup if you're listening to this early, maybe on the waiver wires. But he could be a flex option going into this week against Jacksonville's defense. And then oh, he we, had sorry, sorry, four receptions, thirty nine yards, and a touchdown last week. Uh, before before you go on, because I'm sure you'll talk about Jacksonville cheese. Um, so with Jerry Judy getting hurt, do you see Tim Patrick as being the next guy up, or do you? Look I don't think he's. I, I don't. Or? I don't think he's a number one or, or jumps into number one guy. But I think with Jerry Judy being hurt, it just means more love spread throughout. So why? Where I let? That's why I said flex option. I think he's got a high ceiling 
um, especially if he's going to be targeted in the red zone. We're not really sure how that's going to work out right now, but I just, I think from what it looked like to me, he liked targeting him in the red zone, around the red zone. So we'll see if that continues. Then going over to Jacksonville, uh, you know, James Robinson was pegged to be the guy with Travis Etienne out, but Carlos Hyde actually outrushed him 44 yards compared to 25 over there for Robinson. And then uh, Trevor Lawrence, he slung it, you know, they were, down big against the Houston Texans, so he had to throw it a lot. But no one receiver really stood out there. DJ Chark led the way, 86 yards, but then you got Marvin Jones with 77, uh, LaVisca Chenault with 50. So very evenly dispersed. I think, you know, Chark, Jones, and Chenault are always going to be the top three guys, but right now uh, Chark standing above the top, but I still have faith in Chenault being a, a solid flex or wide receiver two option. 12 targets for... DJ Chark, and then both uh, the other two had nine targets. So goes to show you the spread there. You know, not just not just the receptions of it. The tar- target share was exactly like he explained. Not not much different. So how much? Because obviously, like we said, Trevor Lawrence threw the ball a lot. I think he threw it over like fifty-two times or something like that. How do you see that dispersing in a more conventional game when you see him throwing the ball thirty-five to forty times? Um, you know, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not sure because I'm trying to get, uh, it's not just because you're watching Trevor Lawrence do it for the first time. You're watching urban Meyer do it at the NFL level for the first time. And that's a double hard thing to read. You don't know how consistent his offense is going to be, how he's going to be adjusting the game plan based on those scenarios. So I couldn't really tell you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's too tough. It's too early to tell. At the moment, I mean, going up against Houston, you know, a a bad team, but they did play very well week one. So it's going to be tough to exactly see how they're going to play week two against Denver, who I still suspect to be a a solid defense as well. So, you know, but those top three guys are the top three guys. And I think, you know, O'Shaughnessy is at the tight end or even what's his name? Chris Manhurts as a tight end. You're not going to look at those guys as a viable starter. All righty, then we're going to go over to Miami, where we have an AFC East showdown between the 0-1 Bills and the 1-0 Dolphins. Who would have saw that coming? Cheese, let let us hear some thoughts, pal. So I am the college football guy here on the podcast, and I was saying Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy winner, he's going to be a guy going up against Atlanta, terrible defense, he did what I think people expect him to, but you know, I also said it last week. He might, he could be poised for a big week, week one. I want to see exactly what he can do week two, but he definitely was impressive going, going up against the 49ers. We think he's you're a game too early. Yeah. Now. Yeah. You're a game early. I was I, like, I th- I what the fuck are we talking about? I, I here? thought, I, I thought he was going to tie it into Jalen Waddle. Waddle. Yeah. Sorry, like, for some, oh, for some reason, I, I, I had my, I had my thing scroll down and I didn't have the Dolphins Bills thing and I was you know I'm trying to get ahead of the game because yeah, I definitely I did do research so I'm not just trying to you know pull up this not the stat well the stats and the uh, depth charts while Tyler's talking so I just completely was not hearing what he was saying. Oh my! <laughs> Anyways, what are we talking about? It's the Bills and the Dolphins. Oh, the Bills and the Dolphins. Here, I'll I'll kick this. No, one off. I got this. <laughs> it was a disappointing out outing for the bills josh allen <laughs> did not do very well and we got a surprising uh 
deactivation on Sunday, not Thursday, of Zach Moss, Tyler. So, uh, you know, I still suspect them to be a a solid offense, but I also suspect uh, Dolphins to be a solid defense as well. So, you know, should be a bounce back, but, uh, you know, not the... uh, I, I, I want to branch off of that because what I seen last year when games like what happened against the Steelers happened to the Bills, it seemed like every time after one of these games where the offense was lackluster or shut down, the next week they came out and made it a point to sling the fucking rock around and really hammer down. So Josh Allen and the wide receivers, I say, are bumped. But meanwhile, um, I, I want to downgrade the running backs because – of stuff like that, that I've seen. I don't think they, I don't think they go to the run game. I think if they do, it'll be Josh Allen moving on his feet. They want to make a point that they're not the team from last week, but Miami should be able to keep with them. Jalen Waddle was great. Um, I drafted Jalen Waddle in a couple leagues along with Devonte Parker. Um, well, I'm only in two, but <laughs> kind of in one, I drafted both of them, and in the other, I just drafted one because I couldn't get the second one. I was kind of seeing who was going to take over number one, and they're kind of splitting target shares and, and, and work over there. They're both being used in red zone, so it looks really fun. Tua has a connection with them, and he doesn't look great when he's on the field, but he's getting the job done to these guys, so I think both of them should be starters. Um, but Miles Gaskin, because I think the Buffalo Bills get up big, I also think they're a really good run defense. Miles Gaskin downgrade this week. I wouldn't even start him. All right, now to the game that Cheese was talking about. I'm ready. Okay, we're gonna go to the Niners at Philadelphia. But sorry, Cheese, you're gonna have to wait to give your fantasy opinion because we're gonna start off with Travis here. I I think uh, you know what I think I need to be the one to start off this game. I will leave your points that you were going to make. but I was going to pull the okie doke and start talking about the 49ers, but I just did a complete rundown of the Eagles. Nope. Brandon Ayuk <laughs> with zero targets for zero receptions. Um, not not scratch from the game. He he was healthy, quote-unquote healthy. Oh, so that means, say, the, uh, that means the Lions really locked down the – the 49ers offense, right, Travis? They like didn't yeah. score at all. No, they went off for like 40. I don't. Oh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm will you let me get there? Will you let me fucking get there? He was go- he was going along with you, Travis. God damn it. I just hate I hate this feeling because I it's early, but I'm feeling Traquan Smith vibes from Brandon IU. I mean, you bought in hard on IU last year. I and- do feel bad because I did say, you know. This is going to be the year for him to double down with you this year. And, and some, I feel and bad. some, I'm sorry, people. Some news sources are saying that he's still got a lingering hamstring issue. So my advice would be still stash him on the bench, but do not start him until you hear word that he's a hundred percent healthy. He's no longer. Uh, I mean, I would even wait for a game where he where he you know, catches a few balls and runs and you physically watch him at this point. I don't, I don't understand what it is, but on the other side of that, that makes Debo Samuel so much fucking more, you know, like Johnny Roca said, so much uh, more productive for your fantasy team. Guys who drafted Debo Samuel fucking hats off to you. I wish I had it, pal. All right. We'll keep moving along here. We have the 
Los Angeles Rams. Well, I want to hear. I didn't really hear what she said about the Eagles. I want to hear it again. Oh, fuck. That's right. I, I mean, I already gave you. my analysis. Go ahead. No, you cheese. didn't. You got like halfway through and then we cut you off. Go Aww. ahead, cheese. Well, Please anyways. Repeat it. <clears throat> well, you know, because I'm the college football guy around here. Okay, you really did, did, It's not like you wrote a script down. I get it. De- Devontae Smith. What about Devontae Smith? Or, oh, yeah, okay. De- uh, Devontae Smith did very well in his NFL debut. He uh, only had 71 uh, yards, but he did score a touchdown. The Eagles did get kind of big late, so they didn't exactly have to throw the ball a lot, but you know, a good first impression. I still think Smith is a, a viable guy. I want as I said last week, I want to see him kind of put it together. I don't want it to be like a Hollywood Brown situation to where he puts up a big game week one and then he just kind of falls off the rest of the season. As I was going to say before, I just got rudely interrupted. The 49ers, uh, we think are supposed to be a good defense, but the, the Detroit Lions just kind of put it on them. And I think overall the Eagles offense is better than the Lions. So I would expect this to possibly be another shootout. And I think the 49ers can keep up with the Eagles. So look for Devontae Smith once again going off. We're missing one outlier. That's Dan Campbell. All right. Let's not let's not just o- overlook Dan Campbell. But I did I did agree with you, and I have Devontae Smith list, listed as a um, high upside flex. All right, now we can move on to the Los Angeles Rams going into Indianapolis to face the 0-1 Colts. Let's start it off here with Cheese. So we're talking about the Rams and the Colts, right? Okay, I got it. All right, so I'm going to take the uh, Los Angeles Rams. So the big uh, talking point going in was Daryl Henderson. He with uh, Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle did not get that much work going into week one. But if we, you know, saw the Ram- the Ravens could have been done. They oh, they didn't uh, give Sony Michelle. I think they only gave him one rush. But uh, Daryl Henderson Jr. He he was a guy. I think he's going to continue to be the guy. I'm going to be, you know, you, you want to look out for Sony Michelle. You didn't they didn't just trade him for no reason. But I think Daryl Henderson is still going to be a, a guy over there. And then uh, who's God, I'm trying to pull it up? But the uh, number three guy in uh, the Rams, not Woods, not Cup, but the other guy who just caught the the giant bomb it'd be helpful if i actually oh van jefferson there we go that's the that's the name that i was trying to pull up but he had had a big game i don't know if he's starter worthy just because you probably have some some good upside wide receivers week one but maybe just another guy to kind of keep your eye out to see if he does it again he Cuffin, only had three targets so but, but he it, have the, you, you know the, he's the one touchdown so you yeah I you, see you, you're yeah you're looking at a downfield potential sorry i didn't mean to i just wanted to so, but, but, to cut in front of you though, Travis, as a as someone who bought in heavily on Robert Woods this year, should I be worried? So this was in my notes actually addressing this, and I think what's going to end up happening is something like a Mike Evans, Chris Godwin situation that we've seen in Tampa Bay for so many years with Jameis, um, where y- you got to hope you get them on opposing weeks, dueling weeks where one's going off. I have Woods as my number one from this team still going into week two, even with what happened week one. And they're really talking up on the broadcast about how much Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford go in early and train and, you know, run routes and all those other things. So, you know, it might just be, you know, TV BS, but it seems as though Cup and Stafford have a, have a good relationship and we saw it in week one. Yeah, for sure. I also wanted to mention here, sorry about that. I wanted to mention Naheem Hines and uh, and Jonathan Taylor. Last week, they both combined for less than 30 carries. 
I think with the poor performance of Carson Wentz and the offense in general, they've got to try and slow down tempo of the game. And I think they get a ton more carries. That also is a crapshoot because if the fucking Rams get up huge, they have no option to throw it. So, I mean, you're taking a chance, but if, if they can keep it within, I think they run the ball more. Naheem Hines also just got a contract extension as well, so could be incentive for them to put the ball in his hands a little bit more. Possibly. Possibly. All right, we're going to move into Pittsburgh where we have the Steelers taking on the Raiders. Travis, go ahead. So this is – it's funny because Johnny Roca already mentioned this. Uh, Derek Carr, do not start. Um, I don't care about the fantasy points. We've seen he put up great numbers. I've seen a fucking screenshot on on Twitter about Stephen A. and somebody else debating if Derek Carr was elite. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> They're putting him in the Joe Flacco category. I don't like this. I but, mean, top, top three in comeback victory since uh, 2014. That just means you're behind in a lot of fucking games, Tyler. He leads the NFL in passing, Travis. He is the I number don't, one quarterback in the league right now. I don't care. I don't care. It looks sloppy. I don't I give do, a shit. I, I do against, agree with you that you don't start him against the Steelers. There was, there was, he literally looked at a fucking linebacker who came at him unabated and just held the ball. He froze like a deer in headlights. This right. defense is going to tear him apart. They're going to, they're going to sack the shit out of him. So, I mean, I had made the note, like maybe if, if your league is not a league that takes away points, if your quarterback gets sacks, he may still be an option. But it definitely, if they, if sacks are minus points, he shouldn't be anywhere close. But I do love Daniel Carlson, the kicker for the Raiders. Um, we've seen they had a tough time with penalties in the red zone with the um, unhealthy offensive line and a couple guys out of position there. Um We've seen Daniel Carson have to kick a few field goals because of positioning. I see that continuing against Pittsburgh. Then uh, talking about Pittsburgh, Najee Harris running back. He only rushed for a 16 attempts for 45 yards to not get a touchdown, but he was a part of every offensive snap. So he was there on the field, you know, getting a lot of looks, getting a lot of reps. And I think for the most part, I mean, that entire game, Buffalo and uh, Pittsburgh was not a pretty offensive fantasy game. So, uh, you know, stick with Najee Harris, one of those guys to possibly look to trade for. If someone out there is overreacting and they're looking to, tr- if they have Najee and you can, you know, maybe put a package together, I think he's one of those guys that you can try to go out and get. And if you can kind of pair him and maybe be- make him your RB2, I think you're in a fantastic scenario. Yeah, I have uh, uh, written down that this is a Najee Harris breakout game. All right, we're going to move into Chicago where we have the Bears taking on the 1 and 0 Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I'll start this one. I want to go No, first. no, 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 no. That's Shit. not how this works. Fuck. God. You damn have it. to wait for us to mention it. Yeah. This is bullshit. All right. Who starts uh, first? She's cheese gets cheese gets first dibs on this. So, I'm going to talk about the 1 and 0 Cincinnati Bengals who have the number 1 rusher in the National Football League, and that would be Mr. Joseph Mixon. I don't know if his name's Joseph, but I'm calling him Joseph Mixon. 127 yards. The man is breaking out. This is the year, finally, 
And also Jamar Chase had 101 yards receiving. So overall, the offense absolutely exploded. We saw what the Rams did to the Bears last week or this week, whatever you want to call it. So I would expect another big game from the Bengals offense. Yeah, oh, I have written down uh, Burrow, Chase, and Higgins are must-starts at this point. Uh, that was fucking insane. I, I'm really pissed off because I didn't start Jamar Chase because of all the rumors coming out of camp of he can't see the ball well, he's having trouble catching it, blah, 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 blah. And then he comes out, he does this, and then Joe Burrow set, like makes a side comment in the fucking, um, what do they call those, post-game conference about like, Oh, I thought he couldn't see the ball, huh? And I'm like, these guys were fucking with us, and they're fucking with me, and I was fucking with my goddamn money. This is bullshit. I was really fucking mad. But on the other side of the ball, what? They're fucking with your money. You put big money down on that game? No, no, no. But like overall fantasy football, I could have. If Jamar Chase would have started, I I still think I would have (laughs) lost. Yeah, (laughs) it would have made me feel better. All right, me alone. On the other side of the football, uh, they were uh, the Chicago Bears refusing to uh, start Justin Fields, uh, not putting him into the first quarter, not putting him in the second half. So I guess Cheese is the only one who's still alive who said fourth or fifth game. But what that does is this like completely shits down the offense's neck. I mean, Allen Robinson probably, you know, most likely you drafted him high. He, he's going to get points wherever. I think David Montgomery, he had 108 yards rushing this first week. I think he comes back with another 100-yard-plus game. He's starting to figure out holes and how to work the uh, work the line and stuff like that, and they really have to keep the ball out of the other team's hands because their offense is so weak with Andy Dalton. So I just had a quick question. When no. when when did the apologies start coming in for all the, all the hate I've been getting for Joe Mixon? They don't. No, 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 sir. Leading rusher in the NFL. Just, if just he, throwing that back out there. If if Joe Mixon is top three by the end of the season, I will give you an apology. Okay. Sounds good. I don't really care about cheeses. I just want yours. I know. I know what you want. Well, tell me what I want, what I really, really want. And what yep. I really, really want is to talk about the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland against the Houston Texans. And Travis, I want you to tell me about it. Well, I'm going to start off with the fact that uh, whatever Houston did in week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think is a mirage of what is actually going to happen. They're going in to play Cleveland, which is a really, really fucking good defense. So if you're thinking that any of the guys on that offense are going to have any kind of um, any kind of value besides Brandon Cooks and a flex option, uh, you're just shitting yourself because the D- Cleveland defense should shut Houston down. Uh, I think Tyra Taylor. I thought. Okay. Uh, Tyra Taylor, I think he's one of those guys. He adds rushing value. He's might be one of those, you know, deep leagues, maybe waiver wire pickup. If you're you know looking for a, a bye week fill in, but uh, going over to Cleveland, uh, Nick, Nick Chubb had a, uh, he had a solid game, almost had a hundred yards, uh, got in the end zone, I believe twice uh kareem hunt you know he, he got his workload not exactly uh you know the same workload maybe you're expecting 
from Kareem Hunt, but Jarvis Landry with no Odell in the lineup right now. We haven't exactly had word on when his timetable will be returning, but Baker Mayfield, I thought he looked fantastic in that game, you know, carving up the, the uh, KC defense. I think him and Jarvis Landry are going to, if they can keep this on track, should have a special season. All yeah. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Kareem Hunt, sorry. Uh, Kareem Hunt uh, really benefited from a late game touchdown. Because he, yes. he wasn't stacked up for all that much. But what, what what it looked like to me was happening was Nick Chubb was taking majority all game. And when he started to wear down and it was fit, like uh, they, the coaching staff could – Kevin Stefanski could see that he was wearing down out there. He put in Kareem Hunt and it was just like really great fresh legs to have. And I think that's how it's probably going to be all season. So, you know, Kareem Hunt maybe not leaving a, a – maybe not being the RB2 that we saw unless Chubb has some irritation or they decide to like sit him more towards later in the season uh, for rest going into playoffs. We'll see. Yeah, and Chubb had some uh, receptions too. So it wasn't just like Chubb was running it and, and yes. Hunt was, you know, catching it. It was very balanced. Great balance over there. All right. We're going into Carolina with the saints taking on the Panthers Another one I would want to start, but this time we will throw it over to Cheese. So we're going to talk about the leader in passing touchdowns, our king, Mr. Jameis Winston, eating W's and stealing crab legs, five touchdowns, but he only threw for 148 yards in that uh, game against Green Bay. Very, ba- I don't know say balanced, but he just kind of spread it around. I was kind of talking to Marquez Callaway. He only had two targets, one catch for uh, 14 yards. So he exactly was didn't take what he did in the preseason into the regular season. I'm still one of those guys holding out hope. Don't drop him quite yet, but he is on shaky ground for me. Uh, yeah, Deontay Harris, uh, maybe one of those guys who you get fooled by in the waiver wires this week or on free agency because last week he had great points uh, because of two receptions on two targets for 80 yards and a touchdown. I would not, uh, I would make sure not to be fooled by that. That's not a guy you want to waste a roster spot on just now. And then on the other side of the ball, I I love the matchup for football matchups that to see where Carolina stands um, in the future as the season goes on, because this is a really good saints defense. Um, The only one I would start this week though I mean, is CMC. I, I'm really on the fence with, you know, my guy who we talked about big time last week. Uh, what, what was his? Sorry. Robbie Jesus. Anderson. Robbie Anderson, who we said pre and pre, you know, the preseason show that I thought he was going to be good with Sam Darnold over there. He balled the fuck out last week. I just think with the Saints defense and not knowing exactly how Carolina is going to react to that, maybe, maybe use a different, uh, different option than uh, Robbie Anderson. Um, And by the way, to all of you out there that felt pressured to start uh, Jameis Winston this week by me, just absolutely berating you with telling everybody to start Jameis Winston. You're welcome. I only did it in half the league. Yes. And I mean, you you didn't want to, you didn't want to take out Jameis Winston for Patrick Mahomes and practically scored the same. I think, I think Patrick Mahomes scored one more point than him. Yeah. Yeah. Mahomes had one more point. Which, I mean, just goes to show you, Jameis, King Jameis. I mean, they're the same. The MVP Jameis this year. Exactly. Um, 
going into Arizona, we have the Vikings taking on the one and O Cardinals. Trav, take this one home. Um, I know we don't talk about real football, but um, what was his name on defense? The fucking uh, for Arizona got five sacks. Uh, that would be Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones. I, w- I was like, that's not Chase Edmonds. Why do you want to keep thinking that? Chandler Jones, five sacks. Um, I think, and that was against, who did they play last week? The Titans, which I think has a better offensive line than the Vikings. So I, I think that the uh, Arizona defense, wherever they were being, um, you know, placed at this season is a big upgrade. And I like the offense. Christian Kirk. I mean, of course, Nuke was used a ton, like he should be. But Christian Kirk was used a lot, and I um I've noticed since um Kyler Murray's been getting more and more used to throwing, you know, in the NFL and getting his offense dialed in. The more and more Kirk has been introduced in his offense, so I can see a trend where that keeps on going all season. Thoughts on on the running backs, Travis? Uh... James Conner had actually more attempts than Chase Edmonds. Don Connor was kind of the more short, uh, you know, short yardage goal line back. Are you, you picking one over the other? Or is it kind of they are split so far down the middle that you don't really want to either one of them? I, I, yeah, I would agree with the latter there. And mainly because when it's a situation like that, I try and look like who's getting the red zone carries. But in the red zone, you have Kyler Murray as a threat, which takes away big time from those two guys. It's kind of what we talked about in the preseason um, episode with uh, Buffalo and their running backs, how it's kind of split and we're not sure. We don't know who's going to take the helm. Plus in the red zone, it's Josh Allen. It's the same thing here. Plus in the red zone, it's Kyler Murray. So you really don't know. And there's no tiebreaker. Yeah. So moving on over to uh, Minnesota, Dalvin cook had a, had a, a decent game, not exactly a Dalvin cook from last year, but uh, by the way, fit- Johnny Roca wanted to, wanted to make a note about Kirk Cousins and him being right about Kirk Cousins because he had a fucking great stat line for fantasy last week. Good Continue. Job, Continue. I know. Sorry. I Sorry. I rolled my eyes at Kirk Cousins. I buried him a little bit last week, but 351 yards. I will eat a little bit of crow on that, but uh, going up against Arizona, I, you know, if you listen to Johnny Roca started him last week, you know, great. I think a great DFS pick. I don't know if we're looking against this week against Arizona, what, you know, Ryan Tannehill was able to put up, you know, some points late. We could see the similar thing. So maybe Kirk Cousins would be a, a DFS pick over there, but for season long, probably not. Uh, as I was saying, Dalvin Cook had, had a decent game. Adam Thielen, we talked about how maybe with Justin Jefferson's shoulder, uh, he would have to take over. And he was technically the number one guy over there. Uh, 10 targets for nine catches and 92 yards, you know, very evenly spread out, but I still would say I want Jefferson in the long term for that deep ball threat. And two great. touchdowns, which really, you know, put him over the top for Thielen. Uh, great. All right. We're going to go into ta- Tampa Bay where the terrible looking Atlanta Falcons are going to take on a pretty good looking Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So go for it. Cheese. So I talked about how I really like Mike Davis uh, this year and Cordell Patterson, the backup over there, surprisingly had a a lot of uh, touches, especially late. But I still think Mike Davis is the guy overall. He had more more touches. I think it was more just surprising of how much Patterson actually was used going up against this tough Tampa Bay defense. I'm staying away from Mike Davis. I have him in um, the one league. I'm I think I'm thinking about, you know, 
sitting him in favor of somebody else just because we saw what they did against Zeke. And, you know, the Falcons are a team that could throw it just like what Dak and the Cowboys did. So I think they saw what the Cowboys did and they're going to try to implement that. You know, Mike Davis is it a good receiving back, but I think if they're trying to, you know, do what they did, what the Cowboys did last week, maybe Cordell Patterson is the guy who's going to get, you know, maybe more of the, the usage in the passing game. I don't think there's anything really to look for from the Falcons this week. Uh, they're going to get uh, blown out of the water. Um, the Buccaneers, on the other hand, you know, guys like Tom Brady are going to start, guys like Mike Evans, Godwin, you're, of course, going to start them. But I think because they're going to be blowing out the Falcons, I, I, the guys like Antonio Brown or uh, uh, who's the other wide receiver over there, Scotty Miller, who may have been flex options for you uh, get downgraded because I think they go to the running game late. So maybe um, boost up uh, Giovanni Bernard. No, not him, but um, who, who are the two other guys over there? I'm fucking blank. Leonard, For- Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Yeah. Leonard, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, maybe flex options just because of um, late game touches in garbage time. So you considered, you said Antonio Brown and uh, Scotty Miller as flex options. Depending, we, depending. But I'm just saying, week one didn't change your mind with, with Antonio Brown really showing out and Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin kind of being on the back burner in that game? Nope. I told you Antonio Brown was the number two guy over there. I told you. I'm not fucking doing this. Uh, well, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll, he hasn't I'll, even He hasn't even played a half of a season yet. He hasn't even played a half of a season. Joe Mixon, number one running back. Antonio Brown, number one wide receiver this year. Book it. I will give you props. You, although you were a little early, you you did talk highly of Rob Gronkowski. So he looked good in Who, week me? one. Yes. Yeah, last year when last everybody year. was like, "Oh, were, I don't think he's going to do anything." I'm like, "Are we fucking stupid?" <laughs> so uh, we're gonna go into Seattle where we have the. Seattle Seahawks taking on the Tennessee Titans, the 0 1 Tennessee Titans. Trav? Um, I think whatever was plaguing the Titans, which offensive line play and a good Arizona defense last week, I think uh, snaps back to reality a little bit. And I think the Titans get back to their roots. So, you know, it's it shouldn't be, it shouldn't have to be said. I expect a huge game over there um, for the Titans. Ryan Tannehill, I think, will ball out. I think we'll go tit for tat with um, Russell Wilson. I also think um, who's the um, who's the number two guy over there? Fuck, Julio Jones. Yeah, I think uh, no, Julio Jones is technically number two. Or are they considering AJ Brown? They're still considering AJ Brown number one. I would assume so. Yes. I think all of those guys, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, I think they should all start this week. And uh, over in the thought. Thank you. Over in Seattle, Chris Carson, 91 yards, uh, did have no touchdowns, but uh, with Rashad Penny, maybe he gets a little bit more action. Uh, so I like Chris Carson going up against the Titans. Uh, Tyler Lockett had a Tyler Lockett game. Both him and DK Metcalf had four catches, five targets. But 
Lockett had the two touchdowns for 100 yards, and Metcalf only had 60 tu- 60 yards, but he did have a touchdown as well. So both of the guys, uh, you know, had you know good games, but Lockett kind of had the big game. Lockett is one of those guys who, you know, I'm not completely sold on this. He's going to do this, I think, all year. He's going to have these types of games, but then he's also going to disappoint you. So just kind of temper expectations, you know, put them in your flex, but also understand that he could you know, put up a, a two for 30 with no touchdown type of game. I had to completely ignore him in drafts because I knew this was going to happen. Stuff like this is going to happen all season. Yes, sir. All right. We go to Los Angeles, not San Diego, where the Dallas Cowboys go in to SoFi stadium to face off against the one and O chargers cheese. Take the helm on this one. So I talked about how Najee Harris is one of the guys that I would try to go after to see if I can get a a pickup for, you know, try to trade. I think Zeke is another one of those guys. He faced a, there's a tough defense in the Buccaneers, you know, going up against the chargers has, has a, a tough, you know, front four front seven, but I think overall Zeke is going to be fine this year. It was a really tough matchup week one and they just did not run the ball at all. I think if you can try to get somebody to trade Zeke, if they're panicking week one, definitely go out and get him. And then we talked a little bit about Michael Gallup. I think overall CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper are going to be fantastic. Dak is going to do Dak things. And this is probably going to be a shootout. So if you have, you know, Dallas Cowboys, maybe even, you know, basically to start everyone in this, in this game, probably it's going to go. That's that's exactly the remark I was going to make in some form or another. There's not a guy that I'm willing to put in, whether it's like, um, you know, uh, Mike Williams or whatever, and uh, Mike Williams is still there, right? It, in a flex spot, yes. you game know, last week, Austin Eckler, second, you know, RB two. There, there, anybody who's kind of the main main course or whatever, even if not, I think you're willing to take a shot this week because you see the possibility of what the game can be, and I think, like you said, it'll be a shootout. God damn it! And thought, sorry, and thought, and thought. Am I? It sounds like I'm just I'm doing rambling on sentences and then just stopping abruptly. So I'm sorry I keep doing that. All right. And thought. And thought. Uh, we're gonna go to the Sunday night game where we have the Kansas City Chiefs storming into Baltimore to face off against the 0-1 Ravens. Uh, Travis, let's hear your thoughts on this one. Um. The the Ravens are really suffering from uh, uh, from the running back problem, but they did pick up Latavius Murray late last week, and he seemed to be the number one guy over there for Baltimore. So you can at least look at him getting the targets there. Or the the were you watching the same game as I was? Did I not? Was I not? Was I missing it? Latavius Murray was not the number one guy. Tyson Williams got a lot of the carries. Now Latavius Murray did get. Surprisingly, a good amount of touches, but William was okay. the guy week one. All right, that's I was bowling at the same time I was trying to watch this game, so that's that's completely on me. Thanks for calling me out. I appreciate it. Um, who okay, is it? Who like is you're, that guy? At least you're talking about the right game. Who who is that guy? Because I didn't even like notice his name come up whenever I was well, watching. Well, after the entire just running back field over there, just you know, blue ACLs and Achilles, they really didn't have anybody. He's a, I believe, he's a rookie, Tyson Williams. I see him. Right. I'm pulling up his stats and stuff from last week. Okay. He had, I mean, he had a decent game. I think I forget exactly what the official stat line is, but he had a touchdown I got it right here. If you want me to read it off. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Nine carries for 65 yards, averaging 7.2 and a touchdown. He had three receptions also for 29 yards. 
but and I, then on the and then on the other side here, Latavius Murray had ten carries. What the fuck are you calling me out for? I mean, nine carries to ten carries, they kind of split it even. Not yeah, but I mean, but Williams was on the field more often than than not. But that's I, fine. I, that's I, something I, that's something I would not notice. All right, but yeah. I but I will say Latavius Murray did surprisingly for only being there for a, a cup of coffee got a lot of touches. Which that I I was gonna say yeah you there is truth to it to where you know Latavius Murray only being there two days before game time I think adds to the fact of what he got compared to this upcoming week where he gets a little more time on the on with practice getting to know the guys and and I could see him having a bigger uptick. I see week. Murray kind of being like this year's Mark Ingram. He's going to be the, you know, the big veteran kind of just, you know, he's not going to be there for a majority of the carries, but he's going to go in there probably snipe some are you, you know, are you telling coaches. me that Latavius Murray, the man who has been the number two guy to to Alvin Kamara the last few years, is going to be another number two guy? That's crazy. Damn. Once a number two crazy. guy, always a number two guy. Yep. Was just like just like Odell Beckham Jr. Hey, there we go. Number two joke. We got one, folks. We got one. Um. Yeah. So I, I don't really know. What because Lamar Jackson had trouble holding on to the football, they really gave that game to the Raiders. But fantasy wise, he played okay. And you know, we're always going to start Lamar because of the threat of him running. I, I just don't know about the rest of this offense and what it's going to look like pairing up against the Chiefs. Hollywood Brown had a good week one, he kind of does that. Is he a guy you're, you're buying or selling because of the <sighs> running backs and how they have I- to probably throw a little more now? I would buy just because of that reason. The running backs are down. They're going to have to throw the ball more. They can't depend on it. And and they know. They, they've been talking about it since last year that Lamar's been needing to throw the ball more and throw the ball more. And that's their guy. Him and Mark Andrews have to figure out a way. Uh, to see, they use in a Sammy Watkins a little bit, which should ease some tension over there. But downfield threat ability is crazy. They should have – Huge high upsides, but along with that, a low floor. Yeah, Mark Andrews did not have a good week one, but I would assume he's going to go right back to where he was and be a top five, if not top three guy. The only the only reason he didn't have a good week one is because they acquired Sammy Watkins, and Sammy Watkins has to show up every goddamn year at week one. He's going to fall off the face of the earth, and Mark Andrews will take over those touches. I don't think so. I don't think Sammy Watkins falls off the face of the earth. Okay. Well, Sammy Watkins used to play for the Kansas City Chiefs, and for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you're starting Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. Hot takes. Uh, Great analysis. That's, I know. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Elair. I think he's just. It, it's going to be more the same this year. Unfortunately, they just get everybody except for Ceh touches at the goal line. He needs a touchdown to be successful, and he's just not getting. They threw to like a backup guard at the goal line on Sunday instead of giving to him. I mean, what the hell's going on there? He runs the ball like a like a uh, a fullback, three point one average yards. Yes, fourteen carries, forty three yards. That's rough. You need two yards, he'll get you three. You need five yards, he'll get you three. He'll get you three. Yeah. Uh, And then we're gonna go into the Monday game where we have two bad zero and one teams. We have the Detroit Lions led by Travis's guy Dan Campbell. Uh, going into Lambeau to face off against the Green Bay Packers. And I believe we will start here with Travis. Me. 
Right. No, no, no. I just did. Damn it. I, I fucking almost made it through this whole thing without messing up once. All right. Two cheese. It is then. So bad, 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 bad week for Aaron Rodgers and pretty much the entire Green Bay offense over there. But they're at home in Lambeau taking on a bad Detroit Lions team. I think they're going to have a big bounce back week. Start everybody. I mean, if you have, you know, the top three guys over there, Rodgers, Adams and Jones, you're going to start all of them regardless. But expect big time, quote unquote, Monday miracles if you need them because they're going to ball out. Yeah, I was going to say on the other side, uh, Jared Goff. Late in the, so this is. Do you think that the Lions actually just needed to, to get some things going, or you think the Niners took it easy because they were up so long? What do you think was the cause of the big comeback last week? Because I'm leaning towards that they just need to get things going, and Jared Goff is now in a groove, and he likes the people he's around. I think the Detroit Lions offense will be uh, sufficient enough to to at least have a few starters on. I just don't know whether or not uh, the defense is going to win them games. But what, what do you guys think from a fantasy standpoint? And like I asked before, w- with what happened last week? Well, I think I'm a little higher on the Jared Goff and kind of the offense of the Lions in general more than most. So I, I like them, you know, as kind of a, a low end flex option. And Jared Goff is kind of a backup. But uh, I forget exactly who, who it was and what position it was. But someone on the 49ers did get injured during the game. And kind of as soon as that guy went out, that's kind of when the comeback started. Now, yes, maybe the, the 49ers did take their foot off the gas a little bit, but um, you know, I, I do like the the Lions offense and going up against Green Bay. I mean, they just got torched against, you know, with New Orleans. Now, I don't know exactly what the the Florida storyline is that for some reason they just don't play well in Florida for some reason. But um, yeah, TJ Hawkinson, I think he's gonna be a star. He had a, he had a good week one this week so I, I suggest i suspect him to continue to be that guy well we talked about that last week with uh what jared goff did likes to do with his tight ends and it, it just came true especially with a great guy like um like hawkinson is uh it seems like deandre swift split stuff with jamal williams let me see i'm just trying to get that right yeah pretty much split time and they got a ton of work and they both uh scored let's see Jamal Williams had 25 points in our league and DeAndre Swift had 29.4. Do you think that continues where they're both kind of like on a Chubb, uh, Chubb, um, Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt level, or you think that slows down and one of them kind of leads? No, I think, I think it stays at that same level that we've seen. I mean, we saw it last year with, with Jamal Williams doing it with Aaron Jones as his, as his kind of, uh, you know, counterpart to that. So I think, I think they stay get splitting touches pretty much. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah, expect it, it to be as big as it was last week, but they're going to split touches unless, you know, someone, you know, evolves as the primary passing down back because Detroit's going to be behind a lot. They both, the, I just looked at, I just looked that up to see, they both had eight receptions, both of them. Yep. <laughs> Well, that, that goes to show the receiving core isn't very good over there. You Like we talked about TJ Hawkinson having a good, you know, hopefully having a good year, uh, but anybody else, it's going to be running backs and tight ends over there. Uh, with Green Bay, I just thought I'd give a Lazard MVS update. MVS, eight targets. Alan Lazard, only four targets. So next start week. Start Alan be- Lazard, baby. Exactly. Next week. Start the lizard king. That's right. Put that thing down, flip it and reverse it. That's right. 
Um, all right. So that's our uh, week two breakdown. Appreciate you guys all coming in. Um, Ty was on uh, Curveballs and Chair Shots last week. So that was an entertaining episode. Cheese, do we have word? Is Dominic going to be back this week or what's going on? I have no idea if Dominic will be back. So he did text us asking some fantasy football advice. He asked if he should drop Zach Moss to pick up Elijah Mitchell. Travis, should he do that? Yes. Even though he has like the eighth position in waivers, he's probably not going to get him regardless. But I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter. Put, put, the fuck, put it in, see what happens. You never know. We never do we know. have any other questions, Ty? Did Johnny Roca send you a bunch from those guys? I did not get a single question today. So, yeah. oh, well, all right. Well, um, this week is the start of uh, the Friday Night Wars between Curveballs and Chair Shots and Trapdoor to Hell. So, look out for that. We appreciate you guys uh, listening. You guys got anything else to say to the boys out there and girls or gender non binaries? No. Wow. They don't do what fantasy a, football. What an exclusive podcast. Hey, you know what? I okay, appreciate hold up, all right. Hold up. Hold right up. Pronouns, though, Travis. I appreciate that. If there's, right. If there's any non binary um, or whatever else in the LGBTQ community, whatever the whoa, fuck it is. Whoa, what a botch. You come out, you come out and let us know that you listen to this and you play fantasy football and you are in that community. And I will apologize and suck your wiener. All right, there we go. Demi Lovato definitely listens to this podcast. I mean, definitely. I now and I'm also really... in love with me. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was Selena Gomez, but okay. Um, <laughs> Same thing. Um, now I'm definitely hoping somebody does come forward because then you'd have to suck their wiener. Yeah, oh. and that would just be that. Would, Hopefully, that would... they have a Dotson. R.I.P. Norman McDonald. All right, everybody. Have a good fantasy week. <laughs>